welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. And again, so excited for my guest today. So Steve Furman, I've known for a very long time. He's a serial entrepreneur and current owner of Four Pillar Coach. Steve, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, Cheryl. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your current business. And then later on, we'll get into um, your prior entrepreneur journey. Well, personally, I have been married for 31 years to my lovely bride. I have three children, uh, all out of the house, which is good. Um, I play a lot of golf and I um, really enjoy learning. It's probably the... The, the, the best information about me. I just love to help people and I love to learn. And you play in a band. We have to like tell our audience that like the, oh, yeah, the well, three spirit fun, fun half of Steve. So I've been known to be lead singer of a band or two here and there and do some rock and roll. And um, I really enjoy singing. I do. Absolutely. And I'm learning how to play guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. I figure out why not add a little something to my forte. Well, we have to all have these these side things that we love to do. It it keeps us going every day. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But tell us a little bit about Four Pillar Coach. I know that this is your uh your new baby. Um so just give give our audience a little bit about what that's all about. You know, it's a blessing and a curse being a serial entrepreneur. Um, but I'm a serial entrepreneur. So yeah, this is actually my seventh company over 40 years. And Four Pillar Coach is um, a coaching methodology from Burn Harnish or the Scaling Up, which is the four pillars that all business owners really need to think about, be considerate about, and for the most part, get right, which is people, execution, strategy, and cash. If you don't have those four areas in alignment, if you don't have everybody on the same page, heading the same direction, towards the same goals, um, it's really hard to scale up and grow your business. So um, I got into scaling up or I decided to do scaling up and I looked at a bunch of other coaching programs out of usual, a life experience um, of, you know, wanting to be able to give back to and and help people. And I found myself, I'm an entrepreneur's organization, which is um, about 50,000 entrepreneurs across uh, the world in 61 countries. And we coach young entrepreneurs and help them become what we call full entrepreneurs doing over a million in sales and gross sales. And I figured that being a coach was the next evolution in my, um, in my world of serial entrepreneurship. I love giving back. I'm doing it anyway. Why not get certified and have some methodology behind it and get paid for it? Great. So who just define for us, like who an ideal client, like what industry, what business size, what's, what's that parameter look like? So I really deal in two different sets. Um, I deal with uh, one-on-one CEOs and mastermind groups. So we get together five to seven uh, CEOs or leaders of an organization. Um, I facilitate. I don't really coach in those uh, scenarios, 
but basically facilitate. I mean, look, here's the reality show. You know, it might know it. We all got the same problems. Right. You got the wrong people in the wrong seats on the bus. Exactly. You have no strategy. You have no execution or someone they're not executing or they don't have key performance indicators to make sure they're executing properly to measure it. Or you're just out of cash because you're growing like crazy and growth sucks cash. Right. Just the reality. Or it's not being managed properly. Or the management. Yeah. It's always at the top. You know, oh, the yeah. bottleneck is they want to admit it, but it's always there, right? No, but as the people at the top, we all have the same issues, you know, the same things that we need to think about. You know, how do I hire that next person? It's a pandemic. How do I keep people? Right. You know, I don't care what industry you're in. And then I, um, the other part of it is where I, what I call full uh, mid-market size clients, which are five to 50 million in revenues, um, typically in the technology space and with four plus on the executive team. And um, in that scenario, um, typically they hit a certain level or a plateau. There's a book, I forget who wrote it, but it's what got you here won't get you there. And, you know, people hit a certain plateau and and they kind of need someone from the outside to take a look in to help you see the forest that, that, you know, they're not within the trees so they can see what's going on. Right. Great. And I, you, you mentioned a book. I know you're a big fan of Simon Sinek. I see your quotes on social media all the time. Love um, him. <laughs> what what uh, attracts you to him or intrigues you about, about Simon? You know, and, and I've got a new one. You're going to start seeing more of uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, too. But there are people, Simon and Benjamin and people like Dan Sullivan and you know, Tony Robbins, just these thought leaders are, are really thinking outside the box. And what really gets me going on them is that they really make you take a step back and look at things in a whole new light, a whole new perspective. And, and you know, that really turns me on. And I just believe a lot in what Simon has to say. He's just down to earth. He's, he's straight on us forward. There's no bull crap with him. You know, it's just real life. Uh, good, helpful information and things to make you go, hmm. Have you ever seen Simon live or met him in person? I have actually seen him live. He's, he's just awesome. Yeah. yeah like, I, I guess I've never been to a Tony Robbins event, but it must be like that, except yeah. it's a little bit less of the rah rah going right, on. Right. But there's a lot of energy in the room, I can imagine. Just phenomenal. And, and I'm not really much of a. Um, a worshiper of, you know, like I love a lot of bands, but I don't like worship a band. I don't right. follow fish around to see where they're going, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or the dead or whoever. But um yeah, it's it's um pretty exciting to see them live. So let's talk a little bit about the the serial entrepreneur in you. Um I mean, I know you from way back, CompuNight Computers was I don't even recall, was that your first um, your first excursion in entrepreneurship? Uh, no, I started actually mowing lawns at 11. So <laughs> well, I didn't know you then. <laughs> no, no. So you know, not really, but as an adult, um, once I got out of the Marine Corps, yeah, CompuNight, I started in 1986. That was and, so, and so tell me about that, you know, building, you know, starting a company, building a company, what gets you to the point of exiting that company? What's that? that trigger that says I need to, to move on from this? Well, I started in Marine Corps in technology um, in 79. So yes, I'm old. It's true. Um, but aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. When I got out of the Corps, I couldn't find a job doing anything technology. I was actually working for a very old bank called Carteret Savings Alone doing data entry 
key punch operator. Um, but eventually I, I started working at Radio Shack, which is an old technology store that used to be around. And I ran their, uh, their computer center. And then I started selling minis and mainframes. And I was like, you know, I could do this stuff. I don't need to really work for somebody else. And I actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. My father had his own business. And out of six siblings, five of us are entrepreneurs. Wow. So, so it's in the blood. yeah, it's in the blood, I guess, you know, but um, I started CompuNight Computers um, and I actually got a client to pay me up front, uh, a lawyer actually, to pay me up front to go out and buy the equipment. And when I was done, what money was left over was my profit. Wow. I didn't know anything about margins or profits, you know. <laughs> but that's a great way to, to start a business, have someone else you know, fund it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that was my plan. I didn't have the money to buy the equipment, so I was a young kid. <laughs> And CompuNight grew to a certain point, and what was the trigger that kind of? Oh, made there was. Hey, let's move on. So many things in between that to my journey to here. Um, so CompuNight uh, was basically your IT break fix type company back then. There wasn't managed IT or managed services like there is now, or there has been. Um, and in 1998, I built an internet cafe that went up in 99 and it went down in dot bomb or not 2000 rather. Um, I started doing, um, some visionary things like online data backup for my clients. And I realized that there was other resellers out there that would like to protect their clients data, but you got to kind of think about this back then in 2003, it was $40 a gig. I spent $100,000 for my first one terabyte license to have a license to be able to, to back up people's data to a data center or what we call the cloud now. Right. Um, and now you can get back up for 15 cents a terabyte, <laughs> you know, or right. whatever the price is. It's ridiculous. But I saw a, a, a niche for a reseller channel and I started CompuVault, which was my online data backup business. You know, CompuNight, CompuVault, it just made sense. It was easy. Right. Not a lot of thought process there, but I had resellers reselling it. I was selling it and protecting my clients' data. And then I started thinking about what's the next evolution? What if you never had to back up or, or restore rather? Right. What if you never had to recover? What if you were just always live in multiple places, not in your brick and mortar building? And I started thinking about what we do now, the cloud, in like mm -hmm. 2008, 2009. And I actually found a company out of the UK called ThinkGrid that had written some control panel software, which enabled us to spin up servers and remote desktops in a virtual environment in a data center and connect in using a workstation software, a very primitive version of what we use now, or things like Citrix or Microsoft's remote desktop product. Um, but it was still functional and it still gave people the benefit of having complete disaster recovery, business continuity at a small company size level you don't have to be a big enterprise in order to afford it. And it's so important to have that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, looking at things, if you go back to like the flood of 1996, right. uh, Floyd, or you look at, you Sandy. know, um, yeah. uh, Hurricane Irene or, you know, Sandy. Right. I had people that when Sandy hit were live. I One company, his insurance company at 140 Broadway next to the World Trade Center. And they're, they're on the 26th floor. They were fine and dry and everything was great. But all the wires, all the communications, all the power, everything went through the subway, which was underwater. Right. So none of it worked. 
So they were able to go home, grab their files, go home, log in, and support everyone that was having all these problems with, you know, filing claims and processing them and getting paid and all that kind of stuff. So it really um, was a, a big eye opener for me of how beneficial it really could be. Um, I then merged my two companies. Well, I sold my backup business in 2013. God, there's so many different things that happened. I, told you I'm old. <laughs> I sold my backup business in 2013. I bought a company called Cloud Nation who had a really cool name, um, better technology than what I was doing in the cloud, built in Amazon with Citrix on the front end, which is a great, secure, fast, remote software. And um, I went to town on moving all my clients over. And then I went ahead in 2016 and I merged my two companies, CompuNite and Cloud Nation, to grow. You know, I was looking at, you know, at sometimes what got you here won't get you there. I was kind of at that point. I didn't really have um, a scaling up company to help me get to the next level. Um, and I merged my company and a year later I exited in 2017. So you scaled up and that's the basis for what you're doing now. Like that experience gave you the, the background and foundation for what you're doing now. Yeah, it really did. Um, you know, building, starting and scaling companies and exiting is what it's really about. And and not for everybody. Some people want to have a lifestyle business and they want right. to just stay in that zone. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Me, I was 55 and I had always said at 55, I'm going to sell. I'm out, man. I'm building this sucker so I can get the heck out and go play golf every day or hang out on the beach or right. go sing in a band, whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever folks that's, like, that's the whole work-life balance, right? We work so hard for <sighs> up to up to age 55, and then you know, we need that balance. Yeah, yeah, we do. And then of course, you know, a couple of years later, I was bored out of my skull. And <laughs> you I can't figured, okay, <laughs> this isn't working. I'm what I'm really good at is helping people and technology and work. And I started um during right right before the pandemic hit in January of 2020 my virtual CIO business called eTegrity, uh, where basically it's third-party IT oversight. It's using my 40 years experience in technology. Hell, I know what everything costs. I know what it takes to, to manage and support someone and be fair about it and not rip them off. And like most things, <coughs> excuse me, this came born out of a problem or fixing a problem. And my company that I merged, the company that took over and that I exited from, was not really treating my clients properly and was overcharging and a bunch of things. And oh. so it really was born out of pain of them calling me going, what happened? Everything was great. And then you left. Now what? You know? Right. And so I created integrity. And then out of integrity, I found a year later that I was spending 45 to 50% of my time getting the right people in the right seats on the bus, right. talking about strategy, talking about execution and talking about cash, right. basically doing the four pillar coach stuff right. anyway. So right. I decided to get my certification. I started in April a year ago to get certified as a scaling up coach. That's and you know, it's funny. funny. I want to say this one little point because it's ironic. You know, you get this imposter syndrome, like, am I good enough? <laughs> Do I have the knowledge? Right, right. I mean, hell, I got 40 years of running different businesses. This is my seventh one, for God's sake. I'm absolutely good enough. I absolutely have the knowledge, but I wanted to get that certification behind me. So there is proof that I have validated proof that I have actually taken the time to learn the methodology. And I have a big bag uh, of tools that I can right. draw from. 
and brings so much to the table because you know i i see it just as much as you do you know people go into business to build their widget right and they don't think about all this other stuff they just oh, think, no, no i'm going to go into business i'm going to do what i'm good at the rest will just kind of fall into place and they don't realize how much it really takes to get the rest to fall into place Right. And we call that hitting certain barriers, you know, you between right. one to 10 people in a company, you can, as the owner, basically be the, the everything right. <laughs> and you do it all. And that's fine. You can be the accountant, you can be the fixer, whatever. But, but once you get over grow. 10, you got to start to get to the next level, 10 to 25 or 30. You have to start hiring people and delegate. Dr. Benjamin Hardy, you can look him up on YouTube. He has this thing called 10 X to grow your business two times or two X hardest thing you'll ever do to grow your company 10 X 10 times the easiest thing you'll ever do. Right. If you get yourself a bunch of who's and the who's are people that you delegate to that are smarter, bigger, better, faster than you that do the things that you suck at or hate doing. Right. Right. And you do what you're uniquely good at. They all do what they're uniquely good at. And now you got a well-oiled machine. Oh yeah. And yeah. And then the, the 10 X becomes, 25, 50x, 100x, 1000x, whatever. Yeah, the sky's the yeah, limit. Yeah, sky's the limit. And x, the x does not have to be um, dollars necessarily. It could be right. 10 times more time off. It could right. be 10 times more productivity, 10 times your margin, 10 times your profits. It right. could be 10x of whatever is important to you. So important for entrepreneurs and so important from you know, day one, making that decision to go out on your own and, and start, you know, start this journey of entrepreneurship. You know, at every stage, there's something that needs to be addressed, something that needs to be focused on. And if you're, you're 10 years in and you start to, to focus on it, it's, well, it's two things. It's the, why didn't I do this 10 <laughs> years ago? Right. Yeah. And it's, how do we do this quickly so that we can can take the business to the next level. So many companies are actually at that level. And it, it's, it's really, you know, kind of weird. I, I typically dealt with smaller businesses, you know, 50 or less employees. Mm -hmm. And now dealing with the mid-sized market companies, they're as screwed up, if not worse, than a 10-person company if I've ever seen. And there's dysfunction amongst the team leaders. And there's just lack of communication and no meeting rhythms. And not everybody can, can articulate the core values of the company or what their goal is right. as a company. Right. Yeah. It's that cohesiveness across the board. Every, yeah. every individual that's in that organization needs to be on the same page. Think about a sports coach or think about anybody that plays sports. They all have coaches. Right. I've coached soccer for my girls since they were little kids. I ended up, you know, being on the soccer board. I, I coach so much, but the point is once you get a team, a well-oiled machine all working together as one cohesive unit, we can't stop them. They're right. going to lead that market for sure. Right. And it always fascinates me when, you know, you or I walk into a company and they're successful, but how much is, I don't want to say being ignored, but not being focused on, but they're still oh. successful despite it. Well, in spite of themselves, they are successful, but they are leaving so much on, on the, the table. table. Oh yeah. They really are. And, and that's kind of what a really good coach does. You know, our job as a coach is not to fix it. Our job is not to say, hey, you need to do this. Our job is to come in and diagnose where you need the most guidance and help you see the light.
help you and guide you with our tools and our experience in how to not be blindsided, how to not, you know, look over here to see what's going on, how to always right. be aware of 360, what's happening. Right. And to measure it. Right. Right. Keeping your eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So obviously you're very successful in business, but how do you define business success for your clients? <sighs> That's a tough one because everyone has a different measure of that. You know, successful people might think, well, I can buy a yacht or, you know, they might say, well, you know, I've um, achieved it to where, you know, I could take off three weeks to me, a super or an uber successful person is one of two things. Um, they believe in the cash methodology by Dan Sullivan, K-A-S-H, not C-A-S-H, which is the knowledge, attitude, skills, and habits. You can always, cre- if you have those, you can always create as much cash as you want, C-A-S-H. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think you've really achieved it when you can have what I call the um, self-running office. And basically, it runs 100% without you. You don't have to be there. You don't have to check in. It doesn't mean you don't. It doesn't mean you won't. But you could actually go away for 30 days. I was talking to somebody yesterday or the day before, and they were telling me how they actually went to Venezuela on a boat. And they didn't tell anyone where they were going. And they called in once out of the month while they were gone. Nobody died. Actually, the company ran well. Nobody fell apart. And um, that guy's on the road to to what I call building a successful business that runs itself. That's yeah. That's surely a testament not only to the business owner but to the team and and taking the time to have, like you say, have the right butts in the right seats, yeah. and and trusting and and being being to the point to be able to kind of let it go and and not test it, but know that it can, you know, keep going without me. Right. And it's an ongoing uh, thing of not even um, managing. It's more coaching. So if you're in charge of, let's say, the sales department, you're really a coach yourself. You need to coach your team members so that you're on the same page and you're all working towards the same goal. And then you put all the different department heads together and now you've got that well-oiled machine you're trying to build. And when we get there, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. It doesn't happen quick. Oh, no. You know, it's 12 to 36 months, especially for a bed market company to really turn. Look at a huge ship. It doesn't just go wee and turn. Yeah. It takes time. And then it eventually. And sometimes it gets stuck in the canal, right? Sometimes. <laughs> it hits that wall. But, you know, it's breaking through that ceiling of complexity or that wall or that bridge and moving on, you know. Perfect. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being here with me today. Why don't you, oh, I love you. tell yeah. just tell our audience how they can get in touch with you in case they're not watching the video, they can they can see it on audio. 8675309. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's kidding. You have that number memorized. <laughs> you, must uh, sing it. you must sing it way too often. I got it. I got it. No. Um, how how you can actually reach me is to go to www. the number Number four, pillarcoach.com. You can find me at LinkedIn. Um, just search Steve Space F E R M A N. You can call me at 973 435 0700, or you can email Steve at the number four, pillarcoach.com, like you see on your screen.
Perfect. Thank you so much, Steve. It was great having you. I'm, I'm really, really glad that we were able to share your story with our audience. Uh, you're the best. Love you, kid. Thanks. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you to our audience. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pathways to Profitability podcast. Be sure to go to pathwaystoprofitability.com and see all of our episodes, and including this wonderful episode with Steve. Have a wonderful day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 